0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, Finances and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hello, welcome back for another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy for soul driven entrepreneurs. We are continuing with my series on cult coaching based on some of my own research as well as my own lived experiences and experiences told to me by other entrepreneurs who have also gone through this kind of cult coaching experience. So today's examination, we're actually going to take a look at the other half of the BITE model as developed by Dr. Stephen Hassan. If you'd like to hear the first episode, definitely go check that out. It's called Cult Coaching, Behavior, and Emotion Control. And so today's episode, Cult Coaching, Thought, and Emotion Control, we are going to go over the T and the E in the BITE model. So just as a quick reminder, the B is behavior, I information Thought is T, and E is emotion or emotional control. So this episode is going to be a little bit longer than the first two, just due to the nature of the 3C programs, the cookie cutter coaching programs, the 3C programs, because they, you know, while they do tap the B and the I, the behavior and the information types of control, which again, you can catch in the episode about that the thought and emotional control are much easier to tap because these types of coaching programs are normally online. So it's just easier for the leaders, if you will, of the programs to employ thought and emotional control. And the reason why these two are, you know, all of them are very important, but these two touch me, As particularly important because I, you know, I'm certified in emotional intelligence. I'm an emotional intelligence coach, as well as being currently in progress on my degree for psychology. And then also having done a deep study of in progress on a deep study of consciousness and quantum physics and the nature of our reality. Yes, I have a lot of learning hobbies. When you change someone's internal experience, you change that person's reality our minds are filter for our reality for example you and i can watch a movie but based on our lived experiences the sum of our conditioning as it's you know built up throughout our, our entire lives you and i can experience that movie differently and so when you change someone's internal environment you change their reality and that is that is essentially what thought and emotional control are looking to do so Again, if you'd, I'd highly encourage, if you're really interested, I'd highly encourage you to check out Dr. Stephen Hassan's dissertation on the bite model. It's published freely. You can download it on ResearchGate. You don't even have to have an account. And I encourage you to read it. You know, if you've struggled to read kind of dissertations and things, I think that he wrote it really well in a way that's easy to consume. I guess I don't want to say really well, because even things that are written in a complex way, they can still be written Really well, but he wrote it in such a way that it was easy for you know the uninitiated, I'll say to to understand. So I'd highly encourage you take a read on that if you find what I'm talking about here. interesting. So, in terms of looking at thought control, what I'm going to do is I'm going to read off some of the examples that he listed in his dissertation as they relate to things that I directly observed or uh, experiences related to me from other people who have experienced a 3C program, a cult coaching program. So first one, require members to internalize the group's doctrine as truth. Oh, yes, (laughs) it is our way. That's the only way. And that kind of flows into the next one. Instill black and white thinking. Very good versus evil. Things are a dichotomy, not on a spectrum. Yes, that is definitely something I saw a lot Organize people into us versus them, insiders versus outsiders. And so they typically paint it as oh, people who offer any type of countering perspective, they just don't get it. They're not here. They haven't experienced this the way that you and I have experienced it. And they just don't get it. And so, you know, this ties into when you receive any type of criticism. If you've ever talked to somebody who's like a religious fundamentalist and they end up having very circular logic, Right. Or they come up with a reason why you can't be trusted. Right. So, you know, one of the things that gets touted out a bit is, you know, temptation comes in many forms. So if you present an alternative perspective, right, a differing opinion, they will actually just shut it down. And this is called, you know, thought stopping. They will just shut down the thought and no longer even pursue it with you because now they've identified you as temptation that's seeking to lead them astray. Right, so like, if you're not looking to be led astray, why would you even explore these other perspectives? And that's kind of the way that it's being presented. This is another one we saw a lot: a use of loaded language and cliches, which constrict knowledge, stop critical thinking, and reduce complexities into platitudinous buzzwords. Oh my goodness! Yes, so talk about thinking, like thinking shortcuts or or like you know thought stopping, which I, I just mentioned. Yes, absolutely. They they kind of incorporate their own vernacular, their own language in some cases or or lean onto to different definitions of words. And you use that word and that, you know, those words and those those phrases and it helps you feel like you're part of the community. And it's also a really easy way to kind of encourage group think, because when those phrases or words are used, they trigger something inside everyone And everyone will take a particular action, one thing or another. And that's definitely something I saw quite often. Encouraging only good and proper thoughts. And if you can't have those, the next one is teaching thought-stopping techniques which shut down reality testing by stopping negative thoughts about the cult and only allowing positive thoughts using denial, rationalization, and wishful thinking. Wow. You definitely should send me a DM or comment if you can comment if the platform you're using lets you do comments and let me know if that one, if you've ever experienced that one. Yeah. Like if you like those thoughts, they'll tell you those thoughts are who you used to be. Those thoughts reflect a lower vibration, right? So now you're not vibrating at that high level that they know you can vibrate at. These are bad. And so you should definitely stop having these types of thoughts. They reflect your shadow self. If you've ever seen that movie, A Wonderful... No, it's a Smallfoot. Smallfoot. is a cartoon movie. I got kids, all right? So I'm making some, some cartoon movie references. I'm sorry. But even if you don't have kids, I would say Smallfoot is actually a really good movie anyway. Some really good lessons in there. But they actually have a thing. Like they have even like a body language where they're like, if you have any questions, just shove them down. <laughs> don't question the stones. Shove them down. And they have like a little body motion to go along with it. I highly recommend the movie. It actually just demonstrates some of these things here. Let's see. So reject rational analysis, critical thinking, and constructive criticism. Anybody criticizes you, they're criticizing the group. They're criticizing the leader. They're criticizing the belief system. So you reject it. It can't be true. If all of these other things are also true. And in the case of these three C programs, right, cookie cutter coaching programs, you've invested a lot of money. Typically, it's usually a high four figure or five figure investment. And if if it's wrong, then you wasted that money. So you already don't want to believe anything negative about the program because you're like, well, shoot, I don't want to be told that I wasted you know, $9,800. I don't want to be told I wasted $18,000 or $24,000. So I want, I want to believe that it works. I want to believe that it's true. So it becomes easy, at least initially for me to reject any type of, you know, criticism, because again, going back to that whole us versus them point, you're not here. You don't get it. You you know, you're not a part of this. So you're a they and we are the us, you know, forbidding critical questions about the leader doctrine or policy. So this was something I saw because these programs often come with Facebook groups. And anytime somebody posted something that was negative or questioning, it usually, first of all, it got pounced on, right? So instead of, like I said, instead of a herd of sheep, they were like a pack of wolves. And so even other members would come and tear this person apart. But usually they would get alerted. They would get alerted. The The admins of the Facebook group would get alerted like, hey, this person's got this like negative post up. Is that what you want in there? And the admins will go delete it. The admins will go delete it and say, hey, you need to talk to support and then delete the post, you know, and that's I think I actually remember reporting a post myself to one of the admins because it took that tone. And that was just like I said, that was just when I was sipping the Kool-Aid and I thought that this person was just crazy. I was like, why are you saying all these things? Like this stuff obviously works and there's something wrong with you that it's not working. Like I remember having that that mindset and and judging somebody that way when in fact what that person needed was somebody to actually really evaluate what it was that they were doing and and to examine them not just within the context or the framework of the p- coaching program, but to actually take a genuine hard look at their business and you know, I'm not sure all of the coaches were even qualified to do that in the program, if I'm being honest. And even if they were qualified to do so, they probably didn't have the time to do so because of all of the other things that they were supposed to be doing. Label alternative belief systems as illegitimate, evil or not useful, which kind of, you know, ties back into the us versus them and then instilling the new map of reality. And like I alluded to when I started the, the thought control section here, that is a big one making sure that, you know, that new map of reality is installed. It's like a computer. If you can install this operating system on it, you can run all these different programs and all that other stuff. But, you know, we're people, not computers. So this installation doesn't always take for all of us, you know, and so it is, that is kind of what it is. And so this is interesting. So one of the ways that thought control is induced is from hours of tedious, monotonous lectures several times a week where members must memorize and regurgitate the correct answers. So if you've been in a coaching program that's got uh, Facebook Lives where you know not everybody's necessarily able to contribute or, or whatever or contribution is in- incredibly restricted, you have experienced hours, hours of this. You know what this is. And because it's the, it, the information, again, so going back to the first episode in this series, information control. So these two tie together because they're controlling the flow of information. If you're choosing to sit here and watch a one hour or two hour live stream about some information that you've heard three times before, instead of going to consume new information that may give you a new critical perspective on something, then they've controlled not just your information flow, but also your thought control. They've controlled that as well. Let's talk about emotion. Let's talk about emotion. So one of the big things that emotional control will do is keep the blame off of the coaches and the program. One of the big ways they do that is they manipulate and narrow the range of feelings. So, you know, this is like, you know, shove it down, suppress it. You shouldn't be having those feelings. But the other cartoon movie that comes to my mind as an example is the movie Inside Out. And again, if you don't, even if you don't have kids, I'd recommend watching it because a lot of psychologists even look favorably upon the movie because of how well it kind of explains feelings and the fact that all emotions are necessary. And again, certified emotional coach here. All emotions are necessary. They are all messages that you can use to make your life experience better. And so in the movie, like the vast majority of the movie, the characters spend most of the time wondering why sadness is even a thing because all of the emotions are, are humanized they're uh, anthropomorphized I think is how you say that word but they're you know they're made to be like little characters and so the whole time everybody's like what is sadness even here for like she just makes our girl cry all the time she makes our human cry all the time like what what is sadness even here for and so you try to get rid of it that's what they tried to do like they legit tried to get rid of her so (laughs) the other thing the next thing that comes up in this category is frame needs as evil wrong or selfish so if you need to scale back if you need to take a break those are all selfish. You're not doing the best that you can for your future clients. You're not doing the best that you can for your best self. And that's all. Teach emotion stopping techniques to block feelings of homesickness, anger, and doubt. So homesickness isn't one that we necessarily see as an emotion that pops up with 3C programs, but the anger and doubt, absolutely. So it's like, well, if you're in this headspace, what can you do to get out of the headspace? Not what can you do to examine these emotions and understand what it is that they're telling you? because that's what that's what should happen. Okay, let's explore why you're feeling this way. No, no. Let's shut that shit down. That's what they want to do. So make the person feel that problems are always their own fault and never the leader's or the group's fault. If you have ever heard me talk about this or watch some of my TikToks, you know that this is a thing. If it's not working, if there are problems, it is your fault. And if there is success, it is the coach's. It's the coach's, re- you know, the coach gets the accolades for the success and you get the blame for any failures. Promote extreme emotional highs and lows. Love bombing and praise one moment and then declaring that next that you are a horrible sinner. So one week, let's say you signed two or three clients even one client and you're like celebrating like, woo, I signed somebody and everybody's like, woo, you're so amazing, it's so great. And then next week, you don't sign anybody and you're feeling a bit down and then it's like, oh, well, have you been doing your morning routine? Oh, have you been doing this? Oh, have you been doing that? Oh, you didn't do that? That's why, that's why you didn't sign clients right there, right there, boom, right? It's your fault now, okay? Inculcating irrational fears and phobias about leaving the group. It is not a surprise when the coaches say more than one time, hey, yeah, like we've got all this great material, all this great content, all these live stream stuff. But you know what's really valuable? The environment. The environment is worth the cost of the program alone. Boom. The environment over and over and over. So by the time it's time for you to leave at the end of eight weeks, 10 weeks, 12 weeks, whatever it is, you're like, oh, shit, I'm leaving the environment. What am I going to do? I don't know what to do by myself. And how do I know? How do I know? Because I experienced that and actually went into a second level of a coaching program that didn't get me any results the first time, at least not the types of results that they promised. Did I make some mindset gains? Sure, maybe, it's hard to tell. I still had to untangle a lot between what was a legitimate mindset gain and what was indoctrination, right? I I had to untangle that. But I was so afraid of leaving the environment, I invested in the second level because I was like, I just need the environment. So that phobia was definitely instilled in me. And so one of the things that you'll see, right? And I kind of talked about a little bit already is this love bombing. So people come in and they are just they are just high on life, right? Maybe for some people, it's their first time investing this much. It was for me, it was the first time I'd ever invested this much into coaching. And they made me feel so special. Like Ruthie, of course you're going to rock it. Like, oh, former soldier, all right, you know how to do this. And as soon as I started having questions, as soon as things were not working out the way that I needed them to work out or wanted them to work out, um, I felt guilty. I felt like I was letting other people down, not just myself. And so they get made to feel special. But, you know, cult love is a condition is conditional. You have to be a good cult member. And that love is very quickly withdrawn if you are not. So if you start to not succeed and then you start questioning the program or questioning the coaches, you get shunned. You get shunned and then torn apart by the pack of wolves that's, that used to be your, you know, your program, fellow program members. Members are required to always be grateful and happy as they are part of the chosen people who know the truth. So even if you're not making any money, you better freaking act happy. And, you know, just finally, right? If there is a problem, the group, the leader, they're always right. And it's always your fault. And if it's always your fault, then that leads to self-recriminating behavior, negative self-talk, and and you just think, you know what? I'm just gonna dig deeper. I didn't dig deep enough the first time. It's all my fault. And no one else can help me except me because they gave me the program and I'm obviously just not doing it right. How sad is that? How sad is that? All right. And a lot of this, like when I (laughs) a lot of this I was I was quoting directly from Dr. Stephen Hassan's dissertation. So if you're like, geez, this sounds a lot like a program I went through, like I said, I'd highly recommend that you read the dissertation. But the fact that it sounds a lot like programs that many people I know have gone through, that's a problem. That is a huge problem. Oh, I forgot one. Reject any legitimate reason to leave. So anybody who leaves, they're weak, they're undisciplined, they're unspiritual, they're brainwashed, or they've been seduced by something. And this guy, he's talking about cults. He's talking about cults. So anybody who leaves, anybody who didn't succeed is because they is their fault. They were weak and they will talk shit about you after you leave. 100, 100% they will talk shit about you. So this is the, you know, this was part two for the bite model analysis, but I still have a few more episodes within this series of cult coaching that we're going to talk about. And I'm really excited to you know, just kind of share these lessons. And it's not meant to be an end all be all, of course. And I'm I'm open to discussion. I'd love to talk about it with anybody who, who wants to talk about it. But again, I'm just hoping to start conversations. I'm hoping to bring it out from the darkness into the light. I'm hoping by sharing my own experiences that people realize that they're not alone. They don't have to, you know, they are shouldering shame that's not theirs And, you know, we can talk about these things and look at how to improve our industry, because I don't think that the online service industry is garbage. I really don't. I just think that there are some people out there, some organizations out there that are doing the wrong thing and taking advantage of people and making hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars off of all of our broken (laughs) hopes and dreams. Okay, so this has been another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. And I hope that you will join me again next time. And again, don't be afraid to shoot me that DM. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Defy the Quo biz, And the link is in this episode's description.